Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 62. It is Wednesday, actually Ash Wednesday to be even more specific, at night, about 11.15 in the evening. And yet again, I did not get my Tuesday podcast recorded. But I beg your forgiveness. And I move forward, feeling grateful and glad that you are here whenever and wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you to hear how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open yesterday. Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, to be specific. So yesterday was Fat Tuesday. And to be honest, I really don't feel like talking about Fat Tuesday right now. Especially because Lent has begun, it is Ash Wednesday. That's the past. And had I recorded this time yesterday evening, when Ash Wednesday and Lent had not begun, I think I would have talked about it and told you about how I shared with my classes some Mardi Gras information and traditions and I think taught them something that they just didn't know about. But I want to share something else instead. And I feel that this is something I was thinking about yesterday, to be sure, Tuesday. But also I think something that's been on my mind a while. And it is a a term, a genre, really, that I think is vital for our time and vital, I think, really for Lent and this particular Lenten season for me. And in talking about this genre, I want to share an example of a podcast and a related novel that has really gripped me and perhaps will grip you as well if you check it out. So the genre is called Hope Punk, all one word. And I don't want to go into the details about it. I could certainly read you quotes, refer you to places. If you're interested, Google it. There's a growing body of literature, I guess, that is being written about it and also that is identified with it. And it really was created this term, this identifier, because the genre had already been out there. When I named the most famous epic in this particular genre, the granddaddy of them all, if, if you will, you won't be surprised, I don't think. You've heard of it. But you just didn't hear of it as Hope Punk. So Hope Punk was coined on a Tumblr post by a sci-fi author, female author, And I'm forgetting her name right now, and I don't have it written down in front of me. So I do apologize for that oversight. And it was written as a direct... um, A direct addressing of Grimdark, which is a sci-fi genre that is dystopian, that believes that humans are flawed and evil and... Irrepar- irreplicably broken, 
It's dark, and it's, well, grim. Game of Thrones, which I have not watched and really have no desire to watch from what I know of it, is an example of grimdark that I hear discussed. Also, Breaking Bad, a TV show that, again, I really don't have a desire to watch, is another example. Hope Punk stands against that. Because what Hope Punk believes is in hope and in good. And that in difficult times, in oppressive times, in violent and brutal and cruel times, good does rise that good people are always out there and that they will respond to the call. Now, the call to stand up against the violence and the cruelty isn't necessarily to meet it with violence. It's to address especially the cruelty with kindness and mercy and compassion and hospitality. And in doing those, they are an act of resistance, standing up against the darkness and the hopelessness and the despair. But it's not a passive standing up, and it's certainly not an optimistic, la-la-la-la-la kind of pie-in-the-sky viewpoint. No, it is recognizing that goodness is hard, and it comes with a cost, and it comes with sacrifice and dedication and... Yet, in the midst of it, that is where community is found. And that is where grace and goodness and transcendence and transformation are all found in the midst of that. The um, book series that is the granddaddy of Hope Punk is Lord of the Rings. And... Boy, I saw those movies. If you go back and listen to those podcasts, I'm considering starting to read the books. I feel like it would be, I don't know, I feel like the time is right for me. So that's Hope Punk. One other example of Hope Punk that might seem like it's grim dark, but it's not. Even though it is grim and dark, the world is the world of the Hunger Games, right? Because they're in... The movie at the heart of it is resistance, standing up against the powers in the love and the kindness and the strength, really, that Katniss and her colleagues, her friends show. Now, it does get bleaker, certainly, (laughs) but hope punk is not always going to be light and roses and sunshine but it is always going to be hopeful and it is always going to be about resisting the despair the darkness so stay with me please through the break and i will share with you a little bit a taste of alice isn't dead the podcast there's a lot i can say on it but i'm gonna just keep it brief tonight because I might say more about it as it continues to sink in and as I continue to just kind of sit with it. So stay with me. We'll be right back. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So Alice Isn't Dead is an amazing audio drama. Now, first of all, just 
As an aside, I think audio drama in general is pretty amazing. I mean, in this age of virtual reality and augmented reality and high definition, the fact that old-time radio dramas are what essentially follow the same idea, that those are as popular and as engaging and as gripping as never before is really quite astounding. Now, granted, they've been updated and the audio production and the portability of them, I think, is really what drives some of the, um, the, the nature of these audio dramas. But nevertheless, I, I think that they're just remarkable. And there's quite a few that I really like. But Allison's in Dead, I think, is right at the top of the list for me of what hope punk means. On one sense, it is a horror story. The character, and again, I'm not going to give spoilers here because I really would encourage you to listen to it or and or read the book. But the story is about Keisha and her wife, Alice, has vanished. Now, originally, Keisha thought that Alice had died, but she had a deep feeling that she hadn't and actually began to see Alice on TV. When there was a tragedy somewhere, she would see in the background, looking at the camera, Alice asking seemingly silently, asking her to know that she isn't dead. So Keisha, who's just really kind of a mild-mannered every woman, suffers from anxiety, starts truck driving to go around the country searching for Alice. And the story is fascinating because it's told in monologue form. And it is Keisha on the CB with these reflections, with these thoughts that are very poetic and sensitive and detailed and really pretty neat. Well, I said it is a horror story. And the horror is that she encounters out on the road these strange creatures that are human-ish, but are basically predators luring people away from the diners and the truck stops and the roadside attractions and the rest areas, luring people away and then killing them brutally and essentially eating them. And Keisha begins to recognize that these creatures, which she calls thistle men, because the first one she meets has a stained yellow polo on that says thistle, she begins to realize that something much, much larger is going on in the back roads and the highways and the byways of our nation. So it's a horror story, but it's a love story between Keisha and Alice, who she is searching for and remembering their relationship and what has been lost and what is hopefully to maybe one day return. And again, I'm not going to give spoiler alerts, but as the story unfolds over three seasons, each episode's maybe 30 minutes long, a little bit less perhaps, but as the story unfolds, you realize that Keisha is building this sense of resistance and Eventually, this name starts sort of appearing called Praxis, which is practice. And that becomes, and again, I don't want to ruin anything, that becomes 
a locus for resistance and goodness and hope. And it's a beautiful story. I, I really am sort of struck by how engaged and how gripped I have been by it. I started listening to the podcast a while ago and found the book and read the book. It's page turner. And then now, just tonight, almost very close, have finished listening to the podcast. And the story is different between the podcast and the book. It follows the same general arc, but storytelling is different. There's more details in the book and, you know, they're, they're certainly companions and not mutually exclusive, certainly, or duplicates. So I end this with a sense of hope punk. I'll tell you tomorrow in the next podcast, which I'm going to record right away, by the way, I'm going to get it done tonight. My Ash Wednesday podcast, my official one. I'm going to talk about how Lent is hope punk. But I'm going to hold off on that tonight. So what do you think of hope punk? Is it something that entices you? Something you'd like to learn more about? Something you'd like to explore? The books and the shows and the movies and the podcasts that focus on this? And knowing the bare bones definition that I've given you, what are some hope punk stories that you have encountered in different times and places? And how is God present in hope punk? How is Christ and God's kingdom all about resistance to the powers of darkness and despair via mercy and forgiveness and compassion and kindness? How is the kingdom of God all about hope punk? As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace. Thank you.